Project Taryag Day 13. We're holding my mitzvah Ein Gimel, which is the mitzvah not to eat a trefer. The Pasuk says, Ubasar Basode Trefer Loisechelu. A trefer literally means an animal which has been attacked, has been ripped by a predator, such as a lion or a bear or a wolf. And as a result of the injury that it sustained, either it's died or it's going to die. Because if it just scratched it and it's not going to harm it in any major way, there wouldn't be a reason for the Torah to forbid eating it. And therefore we understand that even if it hasn't died yet, the fact that the injury which has been done to it is something which is going to cause it to die within a short period of time, which the Gemara defines as being a year, then the Torah calls it in the category of a trefer, literally a torn animal, and the halach is was not allowed to eat it. And by extension then, even if the injury didn't come about through a lion, it happened through some other means, but since it's the kind of injury which is going to cause it to die, so therefore then also it would be in the category of a trefer. Now, the Gemara tells us that there are different kinds of trefers, different injuries which an animal can sustain, which will put it in the category of a trefer. Even though the Gemara tells us to us, they're all in the category of a derisa because the, it's just an explanation of what the Torah included. The, in the mind to remember the eight kinds of injuries which constitute making the animal a trefer is Don Chonak Nefesh, which stands for Dalad Drusa, which means it's been torn by a predator. Nun is Nakova, which means it's been punctured with one of the internal organs, such as the lungs or the stomach or the intestines have a puncture, whether it's caused by a nail or caused by a, something else, then it's also a sim of a trefer. Chaseira, which means it's missing an organ, which is vital for its life. The Torah, something was cut off it. Then we have Kro, which means it's been torn. And then again, it's a certain amount of, let's say, the abdomen, which has been torn. The animal can't live like that. The Fura, it fell from a height, where we worried that it caused internal injury. Shvura, it's broken bones, which also can either... The broken bones will rip internal organs, or we're scared that in the state it's in, they won't be able to live. And lastly, psuka, which means something like a spinal cord has been severed. So these all are kinds of injuries. Out of this, the Gemara and the Mishnahis and the Braises come up with a list, which is brought in the Rambam, of 72 different possible injuries an animal could have, which would render it to Now, since most of these are extremely unusual, and therefore if a person would find, let's say, a puncture in the lining of the brain as one of the less common forms of trefer, the animal wouldn't be kosher to eat. But being as these things are rare, they don't often happen. Therefore, a person isn't mechuyev every time he shakhts an animal to dissect it, to look, to see that there's no trefers there. On the Kanaran of Hazaka, the assumption that most animals are not trefers, and therefore is allowed to eat them without checking. The exception to this is the halach of the lungs. Since it's more shriach, it's common to find trefus in the lungs, the halach is when it's mechuyev to check the lungs of an animal to make sure there are no trefus. And what's the trefus we're speaking about by the lungs? If there's a puncture in the lung, which will, is, which will cause it to become a trefus. Now, the easy way to see if there's a puncture in the lung is they submerge the lung in water, they fill it with air, and they see if any bubbles, so to speak, air bubbles form on the surface of the water, which will show us that there's a lesion somewhere in the lung, which is why the air is escaping. If that's the case, the animal's a trefer. Sometimes we have something on the lung called a sircha, which means it looks like a 
a certain tail, um, of, which is of sticky lung substance, which is sticking onto the lung. And sirchas are usually also a trefer. There's a machlagus rasha in tosis. If the reason is because the sircha shows that there was a hole, and therefore the fluid from inside the lung seeped through and has hardened outside, or a sircha is something which, being as it sticks to different things, will eventually pull at the skin of the lung and cause it to tear in the future. Whatever the lamda says, the halacha is that a sircha is normally a trefa, unless it's a sircha which is, uh, hasn't attached to something else, what we call a sircha tluya, or a sircha which is connected to something which won't separate from it, and therefore there won't be anything to pull the lung apart. So the lung of an animal is made up of five lobes, three on the left-hand side, two on the right, when the person is facing the animal, and the one in the middle called what's called in the Nisa divider. If the sircha would be connecting two adjacent lobes, so there's no reason for it to separate and pull apart, there would be kosher. If it's connected to somewhere else, a non-adjacent lobe or to the, the wall of the, the chest or to the heart or to something or to the spinal cord, wherever it would be, then a sircha like that would render the animal a trefer. The way they check is they first, before they remove the lung, they check inside to make sure that there's nothing connecting it to any of the surrounding areas of the body to make sure there are no sirchas. And afterwards they check it in, in water to make sure that there are no holes which will show us that there's air escaping. Besides uh, any other change in the structure of the lung, for, for example, if it's missing some of the lobes, or it interchanges the amount on the right or the left, then these will also make the animal into a trefer. Even though the Navi Yechezkel is a special pasach which says that the koinim can't eat an avail in a trefer, it doesn't mean to exclude the rest of Jews, it's also for everybody. The only reason Yechezkel had to add a clarification is because koinim in the base of Migdash were allowed to eat the chattis ha'oif, and the way the chattis was prepared for the base of Migdash was by malika, which would normally render the animal a trefer, because it severs the spinal cord, and the Torah allowed them to eat it. So it tells us that that's the exception, and when all the other didim of trefers, the coin would be forbidden, just like every other Jew. The reason for the mitzvah, we'll read the chinuch inside, he says a very interesting reason. He says, the fisha guf klina nefesh, uboitase the body acts as the vessel which holds in the Shama, and it's the tool which the Shama uses to do what it needs to do. Without the body, the Shama could not do what it needs to do. And therefore, the Torah wants us to use the body well. What's good for it? Hashem only does good. Just like workmen use tools for what they need to do, the body is also a tool for a person to achieve what he needs to achieve. And if let's say a blacksmith has better tools, so he'll be able to do a better job. If his tools aren't good, it will show on what he produces with them. And therefore, if there's some reason what's missing in the shlemus of the body, it will affect the avoid we can do with it. The Torah distances us from anything which is going to cause damage to our bodies. 
and therefore the isa for the reason for what the Torah forbids to eat. Even if we all the doctors don't understand why it's bad for us, we understand that Hashem is the right for Nehman, Hashem is a better doctor, He knows more. And if that's the case, if He warns us not to eat them, there must be a reason why it's bad for us. Right. The reason why Hashem doesn't tell us what the damage done to us, done to our bodies by eating non-kosher food is, is for our benefit. And then, be those people who think they're cleverer than the Torah, and will come to say that when the Torah said there's a certain injury, it's not true. The injury doesn't apply there. And therefore, they'll want to break what the Torah says. And therefore, in case fools will follow their line of reasoning, okay, learn this kind of time on. Therefore, the Torah didn't say exactly what was dangerous or unhealthy about eating trap. So therefore, people can't come to give rationalizations why they would argue with what the Torah says. Right. Now he says another point. He says eating treif causes a person to get weak because the animal has a treif. It must be there's some sickness in the animal. And even if you're going to say, if I would shecht it straight after I got injured, so what would there be a problem with that? Something has to start. When Every sickness has to start developing from some point. And just like we're going to say, that given time, the, the animal is going to get sick because it's been injured or it's going to get weaker. So they really, in essence, started the process already from the first second we got injured. Right. And therefore the Torah forbids us from eating uh, treif, not just for the spiritual damage it's going to do to us, but like the Chinook tries to explain, even for the physical damage it's going to do to us. And therefore also when it comes to things which we or doctors would say that the injury which a terrorist says the treif could live a year, or we would add other injuries which can't live a year, which a terrorist doesn't mention, being as we don't understand the rationale behind the treif, Hashem didn't reveal that to us, therefore, we're not going to follow as far, we're going to go with the list that Chazal gave us as a Messiah, what's called a trefer and what's not. A person who's over in this, a mitzvah applies equally to men and women, in any place, in any time. And if a person's over and eats a kazais of the trefer, he's going to get Malchus. Now, that's the simple meaning of the Pasuk. From the same Pasuk, we learn a lot of other Yisurim as well, because the Pasuk says, the Basar Basade trefer. It's in the Sadeh. And on that extra word, Basada, Chazal learned that something which is out of the place where it's meant to be is also also to eat with the Raisa. And therefore, if a person would eat the Basa of Kochim out of the place where it's allocated to eat it, whether it's Kochim Kedoshim out of the Azara, or Kochim Kalim out of Yerushalayim, or even the Korban Pesach out of the place where the Chabur is eating it, or so too, an animal which was pregnant and the baby put, started to, so to speak, be born before it was shechted. So now it's out of its place, which is inside the mother. In all those cases, it would also be also to eat. And we learn from this basa, because the basa basad the trefer. which is chutin nemechitzasoy, is also also to eat. And even though we're learning two different kinds of yisurim from one basa, there will still be malchus on it. It's not in the category of a lav which means the Torah asked a generality 
and not specifics. Here we have two specifics which are learned from two words in the same pasuk. Mitzvah Aydalad, that is not for a judge, it's forbidden to hear one side of the case before he's heard the other litigant being present to hear. The process is Metis Hashem Shav, which means don't listen to something which is in vain. And the explanation for that is because when one litigant is going to talk to the judge, not in the presence of the other one, he's more likely to lie and say things which didn't happen. Whereas if the, his litigant, who knows what happens, would be there, he would be more careful to tell the truth. And therefore for the judge to hear one side without the other one there is a shame of shab. It's hearing something which is meaningless, and therefore even if you listen to the other side afterwards, we worried that the way that the first side presented itself wasn't true. And therefore, it's also for a judge to be involved in a case which there's a strong chance that falsehood is involved in it. And therefore, even if a judge would say, I know that someone's lying in the case, but um, that's their responsibility, I'm going to judge the case based on the facts in front of me, it's asked for him to do that. If he knows it's not the MS, then it's asked for him to judge the case. The reason for this mitzvah is straightforward. Dishonesty is something which is abominable. Since Hashem is a source of truth, therefore a person who f- connects to Shekhar is really distancing himself from Hashem's bracha. Because bracha only comes to those who are similar to Hashem in the way they act, whether it's with MS, whether it's with Rachamim, whether it's with Chesed, whatever Hashem's mirrors are, so a person who emulates them will be zeichet to that bracha. But a person who acts in a way opposite antithetical to the way Hashem wants, whether it's through cruelty or through shaker, then, if that's the case, there won't be a source of bracha. On the contrary, that, 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 that's a reason to be deserving of a klala. Therefore, the Torah warns us to emarchic ourselves from shaker or anything to do with shaker as much as possible. And that's why the Apostle says, midvar shaker tirchok, which means not just not speak falsehood, but distance yourself from it. Because that would be a source of Torah. And therefore, even something, if we're not sure if it's true or not, one should be careful not to listen to it on the possibility that it might be Shekhar. Chinuch just adds up with the explanation that when we talk about Hashem having Midas, like we spoke about here, kindness, generosity, MS, we're talking in relation to how we perceive Hashem, how He runs our world. Obviously, we're talking about Hashem in essence, so that's something on a spiritual level beyond what we can understand, and therefore we can't describe any particular action or emotion to Hashem Himself. This method applies equally to men and ladies in not speaking shakir, but in the case of a judge accepting evidence, it will only apply to a man who could be a judge. A person who is over in this, is over in Mitzvah's later, I say, but there's no malchus here because there's no mercy involved. Mitzvahs and hey, and that is that also in the basin that they can't accept evidence from a person who's a Russia. The Apostle says, Don't work with a Russia to create a false witness. And then that the Gemara learns that you can't make a Russia, someone who we know is done a virus, to anger Hashem as a witness, and certainly somebody who we know is dishonest also can't be a witness. 
the reason is Pashat. The Chinuch says the reason is because a person who's a Russian doesn't care about doing the wrong thing and therefore you'll have no problem morally with lying to a court um, and therefore we can't trust him. Azal mentioned 10 categories of people who aren't right to be Adim. Firstly, women. And even the Tumtum or an Andragon are in the category of women. Avadim or slaves. Or even a partial Avad. Ketanim or children who aren't yet Bar Mitzvah. Cherishim, people who are deaf. Shaitim, people who don't have their full mental capacity. And there are a number of examples of this. People who are psoim unusually, so to speak, slow, or a person doesn't understand what he's saying, is also in the category of a shaita. Slimim, a person is blind, can't see, as he can't get evidence of what he saw. Rishoyim, like we said before, a person who does a various lahachis, and therefore a person like that wouldn't be put, deterred by the severity of the crime he's committing, if he'd be swearing or giving evidence falsely. And Anashim Habzuim people who are very bazui, which means they don't care for their own self-respect and therefore again they wouldn't be embarrassed to be caught lying in court and relatives which in Torah says a relative can't be a witness and lastly which means a person who has an interest in the evidence and therefore we have to be khayshad we have to suspect that maybe he's not presenting the facts exactly as happened because he's because he stands to gain from it now, because of this Chazal, also asked the people of certain professions uh, from giving evidence because it's too close to Gezel, that they've taken money which doesn't rightfully belong to them, such as gamblers or people who grow or farm goats because the goats will eat other people's uh, produce. That somebody who's only in the category that Rabbanan forbid him from being a witness is only after he's been warned. And the Rabbanan have declared him to be Apostle 8. If that would be the case, he would be able to do Chuvah and to re- reinstore his status of being a Kasha 8. And this mitzvah applies to the Dayan, to the judge, that they can't accept as witnesses people who pass to give witness. And the person who would be over in this has been done this later, I say. But again, since he didn't do an action, Salaf Shayba Mason is no Marcus. If, as a result of this, he he gave a wrong verdict and made somebody pay money to like a then if that's the case, then he would have to return the money. Mitzvah Ayin Vav, and that is, if you have a, a normally a Sanhedrin, what has an odd amount of people, so that way there will always be a majority to determine what the halakh is going to be. But when it comes to capital cases, a simple majority of one, is not enough to decide a case. The Pasuk says, We don't follow the majority in cases of Ra, in cases to punish. And therefore, if a capital court needed 23 judges, and there were 11 in favor of acquittal, and 12 in favor of administering the punishment, we can't pass based on the 12 against the 11, because there's only a majority of one. If it was to acquit him, then a majority of one would be enough to pardon the defendant. And therefore to punish, we'll always need a majority of it is two. The reason for the mitzvah is We meant to be similar to Hashem in the way we act. 
one of Hashem's medals is that he is Rav Chesed. He acts with people beyond the letter of the law. We also have to act in similar way. That the chance of acquittal is stronger than the chance of administering the punishment. If we can't reverse a death sentence. And therefore, we, so to speak, need a bigger majority in order to decide on the sentence. If the basin would pass in a din and kill somebody, pays the majority of one, they over in the slate, and it's a murder. They have caused somebody to get killed who didn't deserve to get killed.